Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. One thousand two hundred and forty-seven backers, one hundred and fifty-four thousand two hundred and twenty dollars. Feels like the Apollo edition went well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was this a surprise? It's never a surprise, mate. Oh, oh damn, never to you. Damn. Everything is oh, meticulously my. planned in advance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to the backer number. Yeah, no, it was. It was a surprise to me. I think when we were after the first day. I think Dan did not think we'd get to a thousand backers, and I definitely didn't. Um, so yeah, I think we were both pleasantly surprised. Yeah, my secret—I always before we launch a campaign, I in my head I kind of have a hopeful, ambitious number for backers and dollar amount that I don't publicly announce in case mm. we're horribly embarrassed. <laughs> But uh, I had it. I like a thousand backers slash a hundred thousand dollars was kind of what I was really hopeful we would hit. So I'm glad we did that. It's awesome. That's really great. I mean, th- it seemed like people really loved it, and I wanted to kind of think get get an idea from you. How did it feel to do the uh, the super short campaign? What was that like? I kind of felt the same in a way. Uh... Because the, like, even on a longer campaign, it's, it kind of feels like you know what's going to happen after the first day or two, or at least like the way ours always work. And so mm-hmm. it kind of felt that same way, but then it just like ended quicker. Um, yeah. So I don't know, it kind of felt the same. Dan, do you feel the same way? I mean, it's kind of... Yeah, I mean, what was nice about it is it didn't feel weird to be talking about it a lot like on social media and stuff because it was so short we didn't feel like we were kind of bombarding people because it was just like this will be over soon you know like uh and and there probably wasn't a feeling of like a slug right yeah Yeah. and and what's yeah so how kickstarter projects typically go if they are a success is they do well in the first two or three days when it launches and then things slow down and there's like this middle section that can be two to three weeks of just like uh pledges are still rolling in but it's like kind of found its floor yeah uh and then you have a little surge at the end typically Mm -hmm. uh and so we just basically cut out that middle section and had just the launch and then just the ending and i don't think we're gonna do that for future campaigns that are not kind of special like this just because that middle section is useful like you are getting pledges that are coming in and uh we definitely have had some people email they're like oh shoot i missed out which of course we were you know anticipating uh so i think you know around 30 30 days is still probably the sweet spot but yeah it felt cool to do a short campaign it was fun yeah i don't think you could always do this Right, like yeah. I feel no, like no, it, no. you because they had to. They, the re, you didn't do this just for funsies anyway. Like, there was a reason, right? There was like a marketing reason to have it run mm-hmm. for that period of time that like you're not mm-hmm. going to find in like a completely different project. And neither should you like necessarily hunt down things like this, right? But yeah, no, I I think it was like a one time thing. I mean, like in general, I don't think we will do 
we might do like a limited edition thing again, but like in general, I think we won't do that. Um, mm-hmm. We like to spend all of the time developing a product so that we can have it forever instead of just like, you know, <laughs> like 30 <laughs> selling it for 30 days. So, uh, yeah. So I think, you know, this was like a very unique situation. Um, and yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought all of the like, storytelling and timing stuff it was fun i mean i'm glad it like worked out the way it did it was like fun and um you know hopefully we'll be able to like turn around the whole thing pretty quickly um so yeah it feels good it's a fun one i mean i it's really nice that we like kind of our minimum for making it work was kind of like we were hoping for like 500 backers like that would have been like okay this is a sizable thing where it's like makes sense to do um but now that it's a little bit bigger we can i think we just have a little bit more uh not flexibility but we can just like because the quantity is higher we can you know kind of try we're going to try some new coatings and stuff on the mechanism and, and kind of yeah make it a little bit better because we have some bigger numbers so that's cool what where is that like what's going on right now what are you dealing with we just we so because of the uh the Fisher space pin refill uh the <laughs> it's so funny the diameter of it is like slightly not even a, like a half a thousandth bigger than the standard Schmidt or like Parker style pin barrel pin tip barrel and so we were doing did a little bit of test to figure out exactly the tolerances and the dimensions we want to specify yep. for the tip. So it works for both, but it's not too loose. We did that. And then same with the kind of knock. Because, you know, the Mark One in previous had always either been coated with like Cerakote or nickel plating. And so those thicknesses, we kind of had to account for them in the machining of the raw metal so that they were right when they came on. Um, but now, because this is just steel polished, we know we just kind of had to work out some dimensions and you know it's funny i like i sent the manufacturer i was like okay we have these updated drawings and it's like they changed by like half a thousand you know things like, <laughs> like really it's really subtle but uh but yeah so we we got we got that all worked out and so now we're just doing some final tests for the low the engraved logo like we want to get the exact right depth so they're doing a couple different depths with the laser to for us to decide like what depth is right and um that's basically it. So hopefully we'll have production sample, or yeah, like not production samples, but samples on all of that mm-hmm. that will, and then when we sign off on those, we'll do the production run and then we'll, and then, you know, who knows from there. So, you know, hopefully <laughs> quick, but you never know. Like it might be, we get the production parts back and there's some problem. Have to, you know, it's like, we never know, but thus far, uh, it should be okay. <laughs> I guess this is why February 2020 was the yeah because mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't we, know this when we recorded last time because it hadn't gone up yet and I don't think I asked you but when I when the project went live I was surprised to see that delivery date yeah I think basically after like the Mark One I, I think we just are taking the stance that we don't want to promise delivery yes. anywhere near the holidays at all. <laughs> because then people have some they might you know we would worry that people were th- hoping for it before the holidays and we don't want to have disappointment have the stress and all that stuff that we've kind of talked about with mark one so i think you know there's a good chance we'll have it before then but uh we don't want to like promise that all you know because 
yeah, because we, I just don't, we don't want to get into that situation. So that's kind of why, uh, like, I think if we would have, if the holidays didn't exist at all, and I think we could have probably said like December, but, uh, you know, and the other thing that's tricky is like, you know, the Chinese, like the manufacturing in China gets like really right now there's like bandwidth, but later down the road, there's not, they get really busy because they have a holiday through like all of February. And so everyone's rushing to get everything made before then. So it's one of those things where, you know, it might be a longer delay than normal if we like miss it at the wrong time. So, you know, I mean, it's, we're just trying to, you know, uh, under promise and over deliver basically. So, I mean, it's all just a guess anyways. And anyone that tells you anything different is like lying to you. Like they can't, you know, <laughs> like they can't, you know, anything could happen. So. Yeah, actually, you know, saying about that, there was a there was a Kickstarter campaign that I saw recently. I think it's it's like for this iPad dock thing. I think it's called like mm-hmm. the Magic Dock. That's it. I, I'll send you a link to it because it was it looks like an interesting product, but I was super concerned about their delivery date. So mm-hmm. they're they're saying September, which is. Well, wild. They could have it already made. Yeah. So sometimes <laughs> people just use Kickstarter purely as a marketing. They're kind of yeah. misusing Kickstarter in that they already have it, and they're just like, "Hey, let's like use this as a store and sell mm-hmm. this thing." And so people do that, and you're not really supposed to. But that's how you're able to deliver like a month later. Is we yeah. already have this thing basically. I can only imagine that that is what they're doing. But if they're not doing that, like this product they're can never not be done. Doing that. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at these pictures of the parts, and I could be wrong. I don't know. I haven't read this, but just the parts look like prototype parts. They don't look like. I, mean, I guess it says prototype. Man, who knows? Who knows? Um, well, I mean, there's an update. The f- One of the updates in July says we're sourcing manufacturing, which just seems like not a good thing. To- so is, I, I'm not like this is this person's <laughs> yeah. first Kickstarter campaign. They're running into like the drag they have spoken to someone who told them that they can have it done in a month, right? But it's just like yeah. th- this mm-hmm. is you know this is a project where it's made of a bunch of materials and they need a circuit board made, and it's just like. Yeah, yeah. I saw it because you know it, people kept sending it to me because it's like this seems like a product that I would enjoy, which in theory I would, but it's just like ah, I really don't imagine this product being done in a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you you always have the backup of just buying it if it, you know when it does exist. You know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's you know they don't have a they don't it doesn't seem like they'll probably be making a huge amount, so that might help too. But. Yeah, I, you know, who who knows? This some, you know, I we do things a very certain way. And so, you know, I think things can be different if you, you know, or maybe like if you're making it in Asia and you're like on the ground and, you know. So who who knows? I mean, it's uh but for us, the way we do things, we want a long lead time so that we can not feel like if we need to make a change or redo something, we can make that decision to do it and not feel super like anxious about the timeline like we we don't want to make like bad production decisions because of timeline basically it's like mm-hmm. the thing we're trying to avoid so mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll keep touching in on this one as it goes yeah, through yeah, yeah. like the, yeah. the working with stainless steel i think is going to be an interesting talking point for later episodes mm-hmm. like i'm intrigued to see what like a brand new material to you like what what fun challenges it may yeah. <laughs> highlight uh into the future all right should we go to the tech corner let's do it <laughs> There's a jingle, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, how does it go? It goes, 
Dance Tech Corner. There you go. Ooh, falsetto this yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Uh, so yeah, this was uh, an idea from like two months ago when when Johnny Ive left Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keeping it fresh. Uh, That's what we do around here. Yeah, no, I th- I thought it would be cool to approach this talking point kind of differently than you know all the other tech podcasts have already exhausted you know their opinions of what it means that johnny ive is leaving and stuff i thought it would be fun in the context of this podcast to come up with like a a wish list or like a fantasy list of products that you want johnny ive to work on Mm. with his new uh consulting agency thing uh love from that's Mm -hmm. what they're called right yep uh i saw because the whole time I've been, it had not clicked in my mind why this company is called Love From. Like, because I, I was seeing uh-huh. it written down and it was like, I don't get it. Right. Like, it seems like a weird name. But then I yeah. saw uh, they have trademarked Love From Johnny. Uh huh. I was like, now I get yeah. it. Now I get yeah. it. It took me a bit <laughs> to like, because out of context, just Love From doesn't make sense yeah. to me. But yeah. then when you put a name there, it's like, oh, all right. It's like when you write a letter. I wonder Ooh. if the the idea here is this this is going to be like a uh, hmm. like a pentagram style uh, like collaborative thing with a bunch of different people, and so like I don't know, like maybe Mark Newsom will like join, and it would be like love from, love from Mark. Mark, like if he yeah. if he did something. I don't know. I mean, it's funny that. Hmm. Apple people leave Apple and they don't lose the like terrible at naming things. Uh, Gene, I guess that they. Uh, it's kind of a shame. Uh, but yeah, so the this this is a, was a pretty free form exercise. I thought it'd be fun if we each chose three objects, three products that you think would be cool if Johnny I took a crack at. And so you can you could choose anything you can choose something you really want something you don't necessarily want but you think he would be well suited to design uh something that you think is just badly in need of a redesign and you think it'd be interesting if he took a crack at it so it's pretty you can kind of answer it however you want go for it i have a context question okay do we think he will be more like a fuse project like eve behar kind of thing or like a philippe stark thing and i don't i know that might not have enough you need to like really give me more than that my friend (laughs) like i I have no idea what you're talking about i explain (laughs) i explain so philippe stark is like a very famous french designer and he makes things that are like with his signature and like are almost art objects like if you've seen those like ak-47 like assault rifle lamps that are gold oh that's like a very famous philippe stark thing but he also makes like bathtubs or things that are like you know dervid i think he did a line of bathtubs and stuff anyways so he he, but it's very like uh high-end very like expensive more expensive than design within reach kind of design Mm -hmm. um but Mm -hmm. then you know like a fuse project um, they are a consultancy, design consultancy, and they make consumer products. So the things they're making aren't necessarily expensive. So like, you know, um, uh, what was the, the, like the initial, like, jam, you know, the jam box where it had that really cool, like grill on the front that mm-hmm. was like geometric. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that was then that was Fuse Project. They kind of like introduced that design language, I think, basically. Um, so they're oh, very, yeah, I'm, I'm like, looking you, at their, their webpage and it's like, yeah, I've seen a yeah, bunch like of these projects. Prolific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. They're amazing. They're probably like the best, uh, design firm like that that does that kind of work so the question is like 
is he going to be like a rock star kind of like guy mm. or is he going to be just like a quiet agency guy who doesn't have to put a signature on everything? Cause that kind of completely changes, uh, you know, what I, yeah, I think you can answer it, uh, however you want. Uh, cause I guess mm-hmm. that remains to be seen what he's actually going to do. I, the way I chose to approach it is more like use Behar, like, cause that's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm not interested in buying, a gold gun or, or whatever it was you said, but, uh, the, uh, but it's thing. like, I want, I want him to make things that I would actually like buy and use. So, so consumer products, not more like consumer products, objects. but I think it's, it's instructive. So if I was just guessing what he was going to do, my guess would actually be that he would do both. I guess similar to, I think you're right. Yes. Cause he always has, they, they they have made so many things in the past that are like just for these insane charity auctions, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's like if you I mean if you take Mark Newsom as an example, like he's done consumer things and then he also did that like super expensive hourglass thing. Mm-hmm. Uh so I think I could see Johnny kind of doing the same thing. Uh and it I, it was interesting to go through and I tried to find examples of non Apple products that he's designed either while he was apple or while he was at apple or before apple it was kind of interesting they they mostly kind of fall into the higher end thing like have you guys seen this uh diamond ring uh that he designed co-designed with mark newsome it is a it's a diamond ring that's just made out of a diamond. <laughs> like, I remember that. Yes. The, yes. the entire ring is just diamond. Because it's, <laughs> it's like, like the idea of like the most diamond the, the most pure diamond yeah. idea is a diamond. Yeah. There's none more diamonds in this diamond. ring. I remember this uh, at the time, yeah. Yeah, you guys probably remember the one-off uh Leica camera that he did Ooh. for that auction. So that's like another example of like oh this is just like a very expensive object. Um and then the desk uh, we can put all these links mm-hmm. in the show notes, but again, with Mark Newsome, um, they made a desk again for that charity auction, and it's like a desk that's, I think it's like milled out of a single, yeah, it's machined from solid aluminum, but it's like a desk with legs, so it's like uh, that was a gigantic piece of aluminum. <laughs> yeah, I hate uh, that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. So those. So I'm not interested in that stuff. Like he, I assume he's probably going to continue doing stuff like that, but that is not how I approach this question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also would like to. Th- I like to think that with the career that he's had, I can't imagine that he is in the mindset now of not wanting to create things for the world. Mm-hmm. Because that's yeah. what he has always done. Like, it would be really weird to me if he was just like, nah, now I only want to make things that cost a million dollars. Like, if he's going to make anything, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that. I would like to hope, and, and my, my belief would be that there would be a mix of products if he makes anything at all, which he might not, right? Like, he may we may never see another Johnny I've designed product, right? Like this could just be him mm-hmm. just he's just gone now, like he's into the ether. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I would like to think that he will continue to design things and there might be like a mix. So some stuff that he would make that either his company sells or he works with other companies to sell. Or there are and there are still these things that are like here's an upside down Christmas tree and it costs a million dollars. my i mean my hope is that he basically is just like a dita rams like we need like it would be great if you know you know 
Schick or like just some like just consumer brands are like, oh, we're going to get try to get some of this Johnny Ive applesauce and we will like <laughs> trust him to make some design decisions that are bold and like good. And, I, you know, there are just so many ugly, poorly designed things that just need a little bit of like love and yeah. really just a company that's bold enough to like just make something that makes a statement. So that would be that would be my hope is that yeah. it's like really boring things yeah so i have that i have that exact note uh in my notes here is like basically filling the hole that braun left is like kind of becoming the new dita roms in terms of uh yeah exactly like household appliances uh just like simple products that you interact Mm. with every day just like a little bit of that uh design touch would be be super nice i hope like a gatorade bottle like a gatorade bottle Mm -hmm. like why does it why it gotta be like that <laughs> you know like, like why i mean that's that's like that's dreaming but why's it to gonna me, be like that <laughs> why you know, i mean it's like so it's like it's like why is the only aesthetic there's like two aesthetics in like consumer products it's like super hyper masculine like sports and then like you know faux wood like farmhouse grain or something like why are those are the only two and then like like, i've made this joke before but like there's like smart home cloth all smart home products are covered in this very specific cloth material it's like they all look exactly the same it's like oh okay that's a smart home product because it has that cloth material on it like (laughs) you know this is like that's that's how they all must be designed there is only one way to do it yeah yeah so i mean you know i and so who knows but that would be my hope is like just boring things like toasters or like microwaves i mean really i mean the 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 hope right i guess the only realistic hope though is like he does something that is like influential and then all these brands ape it you know just Mm -hmm. like you know just like all the laptop companies did with like apple well just like 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 literally every product he's at the you know like going back from the imac right like Yeah, yeah yeah that's what he that's why it would be such a shame Right, like if he didn't do things that everybody could see, right? Like mm-hmm. he clearly has had, and I believe still has a mind to create unbelievable products. It would be really mm-hmm. interesting to see what he could do that wasn't a computer. Now, like mm-hmm. that he can yeah. make whatever he wants. So, what should yeah, he make? I, I also really hope he does not make a brand, and but is really just is really a consulting right. firm. That maybe uh-huh. like will can say like designed by Johnny. Ive or I want well. Like, you you would be mad to hire Love from and then not put his name on the product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, you yeah. would be wild as like a company to hire them and just be like, "Now nah, yeah. we don't want your name on it." Right, like. <laughs> well, you know, Michael Graves. So Michael Graves did this for like Target, basically. Uh, I don't know if it's like twenty years ago or whatever. Where you know, I don't exactly know how this happened or the history of it, but. You know, Michael Graves was kind of the first marquee, he isn't really architect, but like designer um, that started having like simple like spatulas or, t- or teapots that were inexpensive in Targets. And so like Target developed this whole like design aesthetic for simple consumer products thing, and which they still do today. And so like Michael Graves was kind of like the mm. person that did that. And so, yeah, if we could just have more of that, that that is like, that's that would be awesome. And Ikea, you know, Ikea kind of is there too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, they kind of don't like leak into like consumer product goods or like disposable goods. So yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Like, you, like put your name on it, but it's kind of, it's, I, I, have you guys seen the like Martha Stewart, uh, like branded stuff for pets? Mm. 
It's kind of like if you go in a pet, if you go in like a Petco or a PetSmart, uh, uh-huh. it's like, oh, this is Martha Stewart like leash for pets, and it's not mm. like it's amazing, but it's like definitely a step above typically what you'd see around. Mm-hmm. And you know, I doubt who knows what's even going on there, but just the fact that that like exists, like that's I like to see more of that. Whereas just like here's something that is having uh, like an opinion, right? And mm-hmm. so that that is the hope for me is that he. Maybe, like, at a very high level, he's, like, approving designs of things um, and, like, setting the tone, but it's, like, able to kind of be more of a pyramid thing so that we get more. Like, I'm not asking for things to be perfect and expensive. I want them to be just, like, 80% better and the same price. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so- did, you, uh, did you actually make some selections of specific products or more just general thoughts i have no general thoughts like i want to walk into target and buy things there like i want to buy like in my mind it's like a tup like a tupperware bin it's not going to happen but that's my dream yeah Yeah, i have well thanks for adhering to the format Mm -hmm. tom oh come on (laughs) come on (laughs) what about you dan your format i made some selections let's let mike go first uh okay I would like, I mean, I feel like mine are pretty obvious, but they are genuinely mm-hmm. things I would like to see him do or love for him do uh, mm-hmm. because I love pens, right? I would like to see mm-hmm. a pen and mechanical pencil set. Like, mm-hmm. the two products, how could they make it? Because they both, if we look at Johnny and Newsom, they have an interesting history with pens and some of the stuff that they've done has been interesting, right? The Apple Pencil is an interesting product, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it has some stuff which makes it good and some stuff which makes it weird, but it is a very good product. Mark Newsom made a Mont Blanc pen, um, which is very beautiful, very beautiful. It lacks a little bit in some usefulness, right? Which just I think just comes from like it's called the M, by the way. It's, a, it's an absolutely stunning pen, uh, but it falls down in some areas, but is still just like visually unbelievable and for kind of general purchases like for general people who are not necessarily that keen on pens or whatever this would be a perfect design for them they've also uh i've and Newsom have worked with companies like lamy to make like red versions of pens for mm. like the product red auctions mm-hmm. and stuff like that i would just be really interested to see what their mind would come up with to create mm-hmm. more products right like Newsom has made other stuff like he made a uh a retractable pen for Hermes, which I remember it was in like 2014, it was like a big deal too. So they have a they have a history in this. They have a a line in this, and I kind of like sometimes when you see products being made by people that are not necessarily shackled by the ideas of the industry, mm-hmm. right? Like the things that necessarily don't work for their pens are just like, well, this isn't the way you do it. Right, mm-hmm. like that's kind of so. I would be really intrigued to see what they could do in that area, just because it's like a personal interest of mine. But it's something that they haven't shied away from before. Yeah, mm-hmm. are you aware that Johnny Ive designed a pen prior to joining Apple? I did not know that. Yeah, so I've been reading. Uh, I've been reading that Johnny Ive book uh, by Leander. Connie, I Leander think is Kenny, how you say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, we can put that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite good, actually. But I got to learn a little bit of his history prior to joining Apple. And yeah, he designed a pen as an intern uh, at like the first 
agency he worked at, I think. Uh, it's a Zebra TX2. Uh, we can put this in the show notes also. Uh, like you went that, into production, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, oh, his, kind, his insight is uh, people like to fiddle with pens, so he kind of like made the clip and the clicker, I think, in such a way to where they're very, they're very uh, fiddly, like you could kind of play with them. Uh, what, so that I thought that I, I, I considered having a, a pen on the list as well, and then I... I did a little research and it's like, oh, he has actually done one before. That's kind of cool. That is, I've never seen that before. I like the look oh. of that pen. I'm trying to get one of those. That seems like an impossible yeah. no, task. No, I, I actually, I looked. Uh, I don't. Well, they're for sure not for sale anymore. No, I didn't uh, think they'd be of, for sale anymore. But yeah, they'd be around. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So that was my first one. Cool. Good one. Uh, well, I. I already saw your list, uh, mm-hmm. and we actually have overlap uh, on the second one, so I'll just say it, and we can kind of share it. Uh, this is another somewhat obvious one, uh, but doing a mechanical watch. Yes. And this, I think, is... Well, A, it's obvious because he clearly has an interest in watches uh, from you know talking about the Apple Watch and all doing all the bands and stuff, but I think uh, mechanical watch specifically for Johnny Ive is interesting because a, you know, it's like a non tech, um, in terms of, you know, circuitry and such, uh, I suppose it is technology. Uh, but he, he talks often about really caring about making things that are long lasting. And I think that would be just refreshing. I think he would really enjoy actually making something that can last a hundred years versus, you know, an Apple watch, which lasts two to three to four Mm -hmm. years. Um, And so aside from that, I always kind of, I've started to develop a a little bit of an interest in watches and uh, have kind of always a little bit been kind of looking at mechanical watches and even ones that are, are kind of quite nice and minimal, like, like Nomos, for example, uh, they still, to me, I could never pull the trigger because there's just still too much branding and kind of too much stuff happening. Uh, the the watch that I wear is is a, an instrument watch, and it's not a mechanical watch, but it, to me, it has kind of the perfect balance of information with with basically no branding. Um, so that's kind of what I would want for Johnny I have to do for a mechanical watch is like something that is not constrained by the, you know, it, I, I suppose it would be foolish for Rolex to make a watch that doesn't say Rolex on the front, because that's why people buy Rolexes. So they can have a watch that says Rolex on the front. Yeah. Uh, yeah and so uh, to do something that's kind of in his minimal and simple style, but, you know, beautifully designed and, you know, the whole, just kind of beauty of this like machine on your wrist that's fully mechanical. I think a he would really like that, and it might not be something that I would buy, but I think it would be fascinating to see what he came up with. I have a concern about this idea, though, that I'm just not sure of his fashion taste. Ah. I don't know if he would create a minimal watch or like a mm-hmm. huge chronograph mm-hmm. full of dials and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 just I'm not sure because I've seen pictures of Johnny with watches, and mm-hmm. m- my <laughs> tastes and Johnny's tastes when it comes to watches seem to be very different. 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just not sure. I, I I would like to see him do it, but I, I don't know what he might end up turning out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it might not be something that I would actually ever want, but it w- I think it would be instructive and just interesting to see how he approached how just how he approached the design of such a thing. Yeah, but to be honest, like I found like an article about his watch collection. And mm-hmm. I mean his watch collection's pretty classic. Right? Mm-hmm. Like the things that he seems to care about. So, he mm-hmm. could make but like he's I don't think he's going to he would design something minimal, but I think he would design something that was kind of like from a design perspective how an Apple Watch face looks, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they were the designs he wanted to make and there aren't a lot of really minimal ones in there. Yeah. But I would love mm-hmm. to see him do it because I think it could be super interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I bet it'll be boring. <laughs> boring in what way? Like you think it wouldn't have a lot I just, to it? I, I, to me, like if you're just making a fancy watch, there's almost no solution that's super interesting to me because you're the constraints aren't really that like defined. Like to me, he has this skill that almost no one in the world has of being able to control massive scale and operation in terms of executing a design that is like innovative and different, but at this huge scale. And it's such a waste to like make a watch where you make like a thousand units or 2000 units. Like to me, the skill he has is in moving taste like shifting the global taste there is nothing to say that he couldn't make a quartz watch though yeah i mean maybe uh yeah and that would be amazing like like to me that's the exciting thing but to make like a like a higher end watch that's just like whatever it is Mm -hmm. it's never and to me i like really appreciate design that is like highly constrained but still is able to do something that Mm. is like innovative and new but when you're not Mm -hmm. constrained in the top end with money like i'm never Mm -hmm. excited like Mm -hmm. i'm zero excited about anything mark newsom ever does at that high end Mm -hmm. because it's there's like no constraints really like it's kind of there aren't and so um yeah so to me like a lot of these things that are luxury items are just like not that interesting Mm -hmm. Uh, so i want like a chair you want like not chair or yes chair not a chair, like a high end, like a design object chair. Like I've not been interested in a design object chair in like years and years and right. years. Now, if he started working with IKEA and made a fifty dollar chair or sixty dollar chair, that was like awesome. That that would be great. Would, like knock my socks off, right? So, yeah, I'm like heavily biased towards that, but uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of like where I land. I want to go a little bit left field, though. I want to see him make like a park, mm. like that he would design a park. Because Apple Park looks amazing. You know, like the, everything you've mm-hmm. seen of it, like from drone footage or whatever, it looks beautiful. If he did have like a big hand in that, like people say he did, then it might be interesting to see him like take his hand at like another outside space for people to visit or whatever, right? Like, you mean you want him to be like the, uh, who's the guy who designed the like Prospect Park at Central Park? Uh, yeah, I forget his name. Time. But yeah, like the old, like the back in the day, like the huge public works projects mm-hmm. where it's like, I will design the new, like, huge park that is like, yeah. I just I think mean, it could, could be like another be interesting thing, right? Of like, because it would be like this this individual's mark on the world, like that he ends up creating something that people can go to, right? Like, he, I think he's clearly somebody who cares about 
what people leave behind because it seems like he has done an awful lot in his career over the last few years to shore up Steve Jobs' legacy, right? So, like, you know, mm-hmm. everything that he seems to talk about when it comes to Apple Park is all about, like, this is what Steve wanted, this is what we worked mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, I think he clearly cares about Mark's being left, and I don't think that he necessarily has thought about his own one yet or has, like, worked on what that is. So that's where I think, like, maybe some, like, large open thing that people can visit could be something along those lines, right? Where it's like he leaves something behind that means something to him that isn't a product, right? In the same way that Apple Park isn't a product, but it's not a public space. Yeah. Well, he's like, I think, you know, I mean, he's definitely already left his mark. Like, he's never going to leave a mark bigger than the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> considering I, I, it I mean, literally like changed a, all a design thing in forever. the world that, that <laughs> sticks, right? Like, yeah. like yeah. here is a thing that I made and it stays here, in theory. Yeah. No, I think that totally fits into what we were saying earlier about making something long lasting. Mm -hmm. And the mark of the iPhone is long lasting, but the actual iPhone itself is not. Uh, So I do think he would derive some pleasure from, yeah, things that are meant to kind of outlast him. Because like, if you Mm -hmm. think about it, maybe in like three or four years, we will have the first iPhone that he had nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, like now, it's the gonna I- be a triangle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the pyramid. It's the but like the it, you know the his yes, he like designed the like the prototype of it. If you you know in in that sense of the word, right? Like this is what an iPhone is. But there mm-hmm. are going to be iPhones that he didn't touch, and so like that's moving on now without him as a as a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. To me, like, to, to me, Johnny Ive is not, uh, it's like he has no aesthetic at all. Uh, like, in, in, in Apple, like, in the things expressed in Apple's products, those are, like, basically an, a, a lack of aesthetic, and it's just about reduct, like, reductiveness, like, reduction. And to me, the power of him as a designer is making that, the fact that that happened. Like, the fact that we have got to this place where we have this piece of glass, nicely built rectangle in our pocket that's like so reduced that that was able to come out of a large consumer products company is like crazy. And so to me, like, I don't even know what Johnny Ives aesthetic is besides like reduction and being able to pull that off. And Mm so, yeah, like, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would want to apply that to a park (laughs) or like almost anything, right? And so it's, to me, it's like, I want him to work on things that like exist that are like need that power, but like a park, you know, I don't want to turn into like uh, some weird, like fifties era, like modern, you know, concrete cube park. You know what I mean? It's like (laughs) tricky, uh, like that power of reduction. Like, I don't think he, in my mind, he doesn't have a power of aesthetic. That's like interesting. And I think that's like somewhat evidenced in like the interface of the iPhone. Like he's not some visionary from a like uh, aesthetic point of view. Um, yeah, like well, a I, think, or something? I, I think the the reduction was a response to kind of the technology allowing that where, you know, mm-hmm. he talks uh, talks a lot about like the inevitability of, you know, of course, the iPad is just a screen because that's what it is. And that's what it needs to be. And everything else can be reduced and minimized. But if you look at 
kind of the stuff before that was possible, like the first iMac with the, you know, the translucent plastic and stuff, Mm -hmm. it was more about kind of like friendliness and Mm -hmm. approachability Mm -hmm. and thinking about how a customer or consumer approaches it and using it and it feeling like inviting and warm and things like that. So I think that is that was always kind of part of how he approached design problems but yeah eventually like everything because of the technology like just reduced to a hard rectangle that is pure screen and perhaps that's why he's moving on to other things is they kind of arrived at it's an, yeah it's like we're, we've arrived at kind of the final resting place of what this thing is and so he wants to kind of do more things that you know he can approach things that isn't just purely about reduction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah no i uh i hope that's still there you know yeah yeah uh, who who knows uh but yeah that uh like me like to me like if he made a toaster that was like nice but then had some like delight in it um mm-hmm. you know had some character but it was like almost like you know like the bronze stuff from the you know 50s mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. that 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 yeah, that would be like a real like and it that it stuck and like people started like carrying that as the mantle of like this is how you design a consumer product that would be like off like so awesome (laughs) (laughs) um let's see is it my turn to do another one Mm -hmm. uh i've got this one i i just thought of this i don't actually know if this is a good one or not but i'll just say it i thought it'd be cool if he did a record player uh and again this is I know. I'm sorry. Here comes that record player, Mike. Uh, the uh, I think what made me think of this is I've always really again like with the Braun thing. I've always really liked the design of the Braun. It's the SK55 uh, record player. This is kind of one of the classic Dieter Rams designs. Um, and so I don't know. Like I just think it would be cool to take a crack at it. Like I'm more kind of curious of what he would come up with. And again, what we were just talking about, like the reduction is not really necessary here. So it could be more about mm-hmm. the friendliness of it and kind of the usability of it and how the, uh, the dust cover feels to lift up and how it feels to move the, the arm and, uh, you know, push the buttons and everything and just the way it looks sitting there when not in use. Um, I'd just be interested to see uh, what he did there. Well, so. would, would the HomePod be like an answer to that question, though? Is like that what he would do? I don't know. Because uh, there was no reason why that needed to be like reduced per se, right? Uh, and but it is very much like Mike was talking about, like a a fabric covered cylinder, which yeah. is like what you know you do uh-huh. if it's an IoT thing. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I wonder. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I see him like putting a huge red dot on it because it's fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean maybe, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about stuff like like a record player. Like I, I, it would surprise me to see him go down a route like that. It would mm-hmm. be nice. Yeah, no, I, I think it, I think it is unlikely. But this is this is a fantasy game, Mike. <laughs> yes, sorry, I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, I would be shocked if he actually did do this. Uh, it doesn't seem to make much sense, or I don't know who would hire him to do that. But you can. I know. Yeah, that's true. Studio neat love from John. <laughs> Draw me a sketch. My last one is eyeglasses. 
And this is because I've been on a bit of like a trend recently where I used to wear like glasses with thicker acrylic frames and now I'm like paring it down. I've got metal ones and my next glasses Mm. I kind of want to have no frame on them, right? I'm thinking Mm. of that as like a style, which made me think about Johnny because it's like boiling the essence down, right? Of like Mm. what a glasses actually need to be. Like I think of that diamond one. Is it just all glass? (laughs) <laughs> right like it's, it's no there's no other material it's just all eyeglasses yeah. but like I, I just think that that is a would be a super interesting thing to see him make because it's a lot of materials he's used to using right mm-hmm. like a lot of metals and glass right like these are materials that he has designed products in forever i would be really interested to see what a like eyeglass line from love from could look like because i think you could go all ends of the spectrum of like you have never seen eyeglasses that look like this pair before oh and also here is a pair that is like the most pure design that you could put on your face right like Mm -hmm. this is like the very like the thinnest arms you've ever seen made out of this aluminium that is bendable and unbreakable right and like these mm-hmm. are like the, the and they are attached to the glasses in such a way you know like that kind of thing like that's what i would mm-hmm. like to see because i think that could be pretty awesome maybe they would have to be like the glasses morpheus wears where they don't even have arms they just <laughs> exactly they hover in front of your face. nose <laughs> you just put a magnet in your nose and then <laughs> hey <laughs> Yeah, um, maybe I wonder if he'll do. I wonder how fashiony he is. Like, what if he makes shoes? Oh God! <laughs> well, he might. I mean, like, who knows? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, uh, who knows what he wants? He'll be able to do whatever he wants. That and that's mm. that's the scary, fun, or interesting thing. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Eyeglasses are interesting though because that really is like a industry that's like very stagnant and if you had enough like influence and you convince some brand to invest a lot in like a new technology to like do something or new process that is when you know that's when you could really like make some game-changing thing like yeah that's like you know just in time completely molded like thing mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. yeah that would be who knows that's I mean, I keep going back to that, obviously, but that's like my hope is that he can get some big machinery behind him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, my last one is, again, we were kind of talking about the household appliances and kind of replacing what Braun was doing. And so I got to thinking, what what is an object that I interact with every day? And then specifically, I started thinking about what is kind of the first object or one of the first objects I interact with and how it would be nice to have something that's just really delightful and nice and well thought out. Uh, So I landed on uh, Electric Kettle Mm. uh, Mm. as something that I thought would be great to have the Johnny Ive touch um, because I think those things matter. Those objects matter. Like I literally touch and hold and I hold the handle on that thing and I push the button to open the lid, which doesn't feel good. And I push the button to set the temperature, which doesn't feel good. And uh, that stuff matters. And so to have something that I interact with every morning that feels really nice and pleasurable, I think uh, would be a a big life improvement. Yeah, for sure. I have one. I have the... Um the fellow stag one that's kind of like the designy one 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got that for because it was one of the only ones that was completely stainless steel, no plastic on the interior. But mm-hmm. it was also it's also like probably the most like design interesting design one. And it the only bad thing is the button is not awesome. It's kind of wearing out. But otherwise, it's it's really well done. Hmm. You should get that, Dan. You I'll have to look at suffering. it. I have the the wire cutter pick. Not recommended mm. for button feel. That's for sure. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> yeah, it's those everyday things. Those, those are the things that matter. Shall let's just do it, Dan. Let's make an electric kettle. No. Yeah, we'll just do it. I still want to make a receiver. I oh, mean, boy. that ship has sailed. <laughs> but one day. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. If you want to find out more about this episode, go to relay.fm slash tc slash 53.